0: the polar vortex, and fatbergs this November 9th, 2014. I'm Franny Halperin.
1: And I'm Jamie Sudler.
0: And it's This Week in Water.
1: In the elections last week, voters across the country decided a number of issues related to water and the environment.
0: In a surprising result for Texas, the city of Denton became the first in the state to ban hydraulic fracturing. Denton sits in the middle of the Barnett Shale gas field, not far from Dallas. The day after the election, the Texas Oil and Gas Association wasted no time in filing a lawsuit to prevent the city from enforcing the ordinance. Furthermore, the state's oil and gas regulatory agency said that it would continue to issue permits for drillers wanting to operate in Denton, despite the vote.
1: Fracking bans also passed in California, in San Benito and Mendocino counties, but failed in Santa Barbara County. And three towns in Ohio defeated attempts to ban fracking, but the town of Athens became the fifth Ohio town to outlaw the practice.
0: In election news not related to fracking, voters in California approved a $7.5 billion water bond, which could pay for new groundwater storage, water recycling, and conservation projects.
1: In Alaska, voters approved a measure restricting mining around Bristol Bay, which is rich in salmon. And in Florida, the voters approved an amendment that shifts some real estate taxes to protecting beaches, wetlands, drinking water, and other environmentally sensitive areas.
0: In Louisiana, decommissioned offshore oil and gas rigs will now be used for the construction of artificial coral reefs after voters approved a measure to create a reef protection fund that the legislature cannot divert as it has in the past.
1: The election might have been a mixed bag for the environment, but the government had some positive news to report about water. Last week, the USGS released its report called Estimated Water Use in the United States. Take a bow, America, we got high marks. National water use levels are at their lowest point since before 1970. Water drawn for thermoelectric power is the largest use nationally, and it was down by 20%, mostly because power plants are using newer cooling system technologies and are turning to natural gas over coal. Other top uses that declined were for irrigation and public supply. Agriculture is increasingly moving to micro-irrigation systems to save water. And when it comes to household use, Americans are installing more low-flow showerheads, high-efficiency washers, and other fixtures that save water. The report noted that more than 50% of the total withdrawals in the U.S. were concentrated in 12 states and that California used the most water.
0: And speaking of California, how well are the residents doing about conserving given the drought? Apparently, it depends on where they live. The State Water Resources Control Board last week released numbers on residential daily water use per person in September using data from more than 300 water providers, The findings revealed that the heaviest water users consumed more than ten times as much as those who used the least. For example, in one water district that serves an affluent part of northern San Diego County, residents recorded the highest use in the state at 584 gallons per person per day. Two water distributors in San Francisco and one in East Los Angeles recorded the lowest totals, consuming only 47 gallons a day per person. The numbers revealed that water savings have plateaued after consistent gains throughout the summer and that hotter and more affluent areas with larger landscaped residential properties tend to be the biggest water guzzlers.
1: Most of the rivers, streams, and lakes in Montana do not have adequate water quality to support aquatic life. This stunning conclusion was reached by the Montana Department of Environmental Quality in a report recently released. More than 70% of the state's waters are too polluted due to over-sedimentation, chemical pollution, and stream bank degradation. The agency also found that water in the majority of lakes and reservoirs is not safe to drink. The number one cause of poor water quality in Montana is grazing, allowing animals to trample riverbanks and shorelines. The second leading cause is irrigated crop production. The findings will be used to improve stream water quality and also as a baseline as oil and gas development moves into Montana.
0: A recent article in the Center for Investigative Reporting describes a pollution problem that, for most of us, is an issue that's out of sight and out of mind. There are about 500,000 abandoned mines in the U.S., some dating back as far as the California Gold Rush, and they've left a toxic trail of chemicals leaching into our groundwater, lakes and streams. The impacts are disturbing, corrosive water destroying aquatic ecosystems, fish being poisoned with mercury people swimming in contaminated lakes are breathing in dust from soil laced with lead and arsenic the worst of the worst get federal superfund money to be cleaned up the rest are left to states or to well-meaning private organizations or conservation groups but those groups are left with a liability under the clean water act altering a water source requires a permit and getting that permit means accepting responsibility for any water pollution in many cases, if a nonprofit decides to clean up waste in an abandoned mine, it could also be on the hook for the water quality of the entire watershed, a risk few want to take. That leaves mine waste unabated and toxic elements leaking into nearby waterways recently defeated Senator Mark Udall of Colorado sought since 2002 to pass legislation that would amend the law and relieve some of that liability. Surprisingly, some of the opposition came from environmentalists who feared allowing any waivers to the Clean Water Act as that would open the door for polluters to seek the same.
1: If you live in the U.S. and haven't retrieved your winter wardrobe, you might want to do so soon. An unusually powerful storm has hit the Bering Sea off of Alaska, and it is forecast to affect large areas of North America this coming week. This storm contains the remnants of Typhoon Nuri, which was the second most intense storm of the 2014 Northwest Pacific season. The current Alaska storm went through a period of rapid intensification when the air pressure dropped by 46 millibars in less than 24 hours. The storm was more intense than Superstorm Sandy, which decimated parts of the northeast United States in 2012, but it has weakened a bit since Friday, November 7th. On one of the Aleutian Islands, where U.S. military contractors staff a radar installation, the winds bent back corners of roofs and moved dumpsters around, but no one was hurt. This storm is forecast to cause temperatures to plummet across the lower 48 states. Temperatures will likely sink into the single digits in parts of the northern plains and upper Midwest. Parts of the south will see temps in the lower 20s. Some are calling this an instance of the polar vortex, which comes about when the pocket of frigid air circulating around the North Pole swings to the south.
0: And finally today, Ask anyone who works at a sanitation or wastewater treatment plant and they'll tell you. People flush the strangest things down toilets. From batteries to toys to t-shirts, they've seen it all. But nothing seems to vex them more than the falsely named flushable wipes that folks send swirling down the loo. Items marked as disposable or flushable or biodegradable leave consumers with the wrong impression that it's okay to put those things in the toilet. They're not. Utilities have tried to get the word out with bill inserts and social media campaigns, but things are getting desperate, especially with aging infrastructure. In Seattle, city officials are fed up so they put out a video they call purposely disgusting and infuriating to show residents how hard it is to get clogs out of pipes. In a campaign they call, quote, make it a straight flush, they hope taxpayers who have to foot the bill will get the message once they see, in vivid detail, wipes intertwined with sewage. Over in the UK, they don't mince words either. Thames Water is warning that a massive, quote, fatberg, a concealed mass of wipes and coagulated grease, is clogging the sewers beneath Whitehall, the seat of power in London. The utility will be closing roads in the central part of the city to provide access for special equipment to remove a 66-foot-long mess that they claim is a result of wipes clinging to cooking fat from fast food outlets and restaurants in the area. If the Fatbergs are left beneath Whitehall, they say there's a risk that the sewers could flood. And the waste, including the flushables, will back up into sinks and toilets, causing a wipeout, so to speak, of epic proportions. (laughs) Wipeout! This Week in Water is a production of H2O Radio and is sponsored by Colorado WaterWise. Learn more at coloradowaterwise.org.